Hi, Slim. Thank you so much for joining me on the Black Ink Cinema podcast. It's an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you for having me on, Rachel. It's a pleasure to be on the show. Oh, Reshi, you've been dubbed the king of the Black British comedy circuit, and I've been a fan forever. But before we get into your extremely deep uh, Black cinema film choice, we just want to have a quick chat about you. That's fine. No problem. <laughs> Um, so you were the first Black British act invited to perform at the Hollywood Comedy Store. Do you feel a sense of responsibility for being the first? No. Do you, strange enough, Richard, I didn't even know I was the first. Um, <laughs> Have I just told you that? <laughs> no, um, I, I'm not, I was aware of it. But what I mean is, it weren't until I was in America and I had finished performing, someone said to me, that um, one of the comedy store owners, you know you're the first... Um, black british act we've had here in yeah. all of our history and i was like for real you know someone tells you a fact you just well, like for real so i thought well that's a nice fact do i feel responsibility um no i shouldn't because i didn't know that that was the fact about yeah i guess you um, found out afterwards so it yeah, was a found bit out afterwards so it wasn't like they told me before i went on stage or they made a big hurrah about it it was just like an after mention in a conversation after I've performed and uh, mm. I've performed a role. So, yeah, yeah, that is, um, that, that's a big thing, yeah. Yeah. Is that where you met Kevin Hart? No, I met Kevin Hart. There's a promoter over here called Harmony Productions, Kennedy. Um, he brought Kevin Hart over here on a tour. So this is 2004. I think so 16 years ago, a good little while ago, um, he brought them over. We toured and they were sold out tours and yeah, he, he, he done very well. I mean, he was initially known yeah. in the black community for films like soul plane, paper yeah. soldiers. So he had been at that level of fame, um, at the time that he came over. So yeah, 16 years is a good little while. So what's your relationship with Kevin Hart? It's good. I don't see him all the time due to um, both of our commitments, more yeah. he than mine. But um, uh, when I do see him, you mm. know, it, it's it's like old friends. Um, when he was here, I was the one that would initially bring him up and down yeah. um, London and just kept him company during the times when you're not gigging. Yeah. Because he didn't like have, as I said, he wasn't big, he didn't have security like that, and it was just me and him. So we yeah. went shopping in Harrods and that. I bought him Tinseltown. <laughs> you brought him to the beach. Yeah, I know. That's the only, you know, you've got an American that you think, what do you think, hey, Rachel? you got an American relative or friend, and you think, right, I'm going to bring them for something American. You do, you've got more choice now. You got like yes. lobster and different things. Yeah, Back you <laughs> There wasn't that much. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm sure he had a great time. Um, yeah, yeah. While you were in America, did you manage to meet any of your other comedy heroes or hang out with anyone? I did. Kevin came for me at my hotel, and um, we went down to the comedy store. And it was a special night. It was some kind of anniversary thing going on down there. But we reached down there and. I mean, you just look around, you think, who, he's from that film. Who, he's from Boys in the Hood. Who, there's Day Day. You're just like, you kind of starstruck. And you're not introducing me to Mike Epps and, yeah. and a few other, other um, the stars out there, which, yeah, you feel humbled because you grow watching these people on TV and yeah. now you're being introduced to them, you know? So it's a, uh, it's a, uh, it's crazy, but it's humbling at the same time. So, yeah, 
wicked experiences. So you, did you fangirl out on anyone? I, you know what? I didn't. I, 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 <laughs> I, I like to hold it down. I'll be, be excited inside, you know, like, ooh, 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 ooh. But I wouldn't show it, you know. Um, yeah, I, think, I think that's a black trait. That's just like the pride in us is like, nah, so I'm not going to let them know that I'm a, I'm fangirl. No. Crazy. But, Every inchy inside just melting. Exactly. Um, so you feature in Mo Gilligan's documentary, Black, British and Funny. Can you yeah. tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. Uh, it's a documentary just to showcase the black industry, comedy industry, which I think a lot of people mainstream um, doesn't realise that's there. Well, if they do, they don't think it's for them. Yeah. You know, so it's just to showcase the fact that we've been out here, we've been making the masses, masses laugh for years. It's not just um, black people. We've been making all cultures laugh yeah. for years. You know, we've had shows like the Real McCoy, Desmond's. There's mm. shows out there that prove that we can we can bring the laughter. And mm. I think this this program will highlight to the majority being shown on the mainstream like Channel 4. It will highlight to a lot of people out there that um, there is an industry, thriving industry, and you're missing out. I've been to plenty of your shows and I've left with my cheeks aching and belly hurting just from laughing so hard. Why do you think it's so difficult for black British comedians to, to break out into the mainstream? Again, I don't think that the people in charge, I always say this and I make a point of saying it in interviews, it's not the audience. Mm. Definitely not the audience. Yeah. So the just general public, if you're funny, you're funny. Mm. You know, there's not all that politics wrapped up in it. It more it's more when it gets higher. Politics are wrapped up in in stuff like colour. I've done shows where, you know, I'm the only black person in the room. Forget the audience. We're talking <laughs> in the room. Most probably the neighbours at the time. <laughs> and they love it. Yeah. If you're funny, you're funny. If I was speak, I speak in general. I mean, we all share experiences, no matter what our colour, culture, you know, we all got kids. Our mm. kids go to school. That there's stuff that we can talk to that we all can relate to. And that's what I try and um hit upon in my comedy on stage. Um, it might be from a black guy's perspective, but yeah. it won't be for black people. It will be yeah. for you, you know? Yeah. It's a human experience that everyone... It's a human experience, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So what comics at the moment impress you? It's strange. There's a lot of comics out there doing their thing. Um, I don't really like calling people... <laughs> you call out certain names. If you miss a name, they get upset, you know, when you say their name. That means you don't want it to be awkward for you. <laughs> no, it's you know what it is, yeah? Believe it or not, a lot of comics, they're very sensitive and get caught up in their... I can people. imagine. I can yeah, imagine. Yeah, that's thing. But um, I, I like Kazim Jamal. Mm. I think he's a very talented comedian. In my comedians, I do tend to look for all roundness. What does that mean? Yeah. You're not just funny to your own. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Don't get me wrong, there's nothing wrong with that. But if you're going to say you're going to go into that level of comedy, you should be uh, relatable to yeah. most people. Do you see what I mean to you? Yeah, 100%. Um, so I think he's a good young up-and-coming all-rounder. Junior Booker. Mm. I do love, uh, I think the guy's crazy. <laughs> uh, I mean, there's other guys. I mean, there's guys out there. You've got internet comics. You've got your, your, your likes of Christopher Savage. Yeah. Um, White Yardy does both. 
um, yeah, yeah, yeah. quite well because he does it and the stage. Kane Brown's a beast out there. Yeah, yeah. Um, we interviewed Kane. He's hilarious. He's a beast. Absolutely <laughs> beast. He really is. Um, and he's a nice person to boot. Yeah, so, lovely. Yeah, yeah. So you're also an ambassador for Kyan Prince Foundation charity set up by Mark Prince. Yeah. How did you get involved with that? Me and Mark are childhood friends. <laughs> so I'm, I've known Mark since I've been about 13. Um, and he was always a, one of the bigger lads. You know, sometimes you hang around with the bigger lads, though. Yeah, yeah. He's <laughs> uh, one of the bigger lads. He's from Tottenham. Um, yeah. And we both grew up in church. That's how we kind of know each other. So over the years, obviously, um, we've had kids. Sadly, yeah. Mark lost Kyan um, yeah. to knife crime. And um, I've always followed his journey. And as mm. I myself became something or some kind of standing in the community. It was just a case of, well, you know, people know who you are, blah, blah. Would you think to come on as an ambassador? Yeah. To me, as a no-brainer, because he's like, <laughs> that's a big brother to me. So, yeah, I jumped on board. And, yeah, we went out to a school in um, Tottenham. We yeah. went down there and we spent the afternoon with um, some of the kids that, you know, uh, I don't like to say bad kids. But the yeah. ones that sometimes, you know, they're, they're going through their thing and troubled. Yeah, they're not on the right path. So, yeah, it was a great, it was great, you know. Um, we've done physical exercise and stuff, which yeah. I don't know why Mark chose. He's all right. He, he's an ex boxer. <laughs> he still keeps himself in shape. I smoke, yeah. I'm skinny. I don't know why. Just <laughs> <laughs> brought you along. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you kind of have to do it because it's like kids, teenagers. Yeah. Looking at you, do you know Rachel is one of your friends who like physically thing gave you a challenge in front of you're gonna people. have to do it, yeah, yeah. I'm lucky I didn't go to hospital that <laughs> you're all right, you're still standing. I am. Okay. So, have you got any shows coming up or anything lined up? I've that? got quite a few stuff lined up. I mean, um, right now, I don't like saying till paperwork's been signed but oh, okay. it's looking good but the future looks bright rachel the future looks that already. is amazing <laughs> to hear so where can people follow you on socials instagram twitter facebook all my socials is slim comedian put that into google slim comedian and all my stuff facebook instagram every, twitter everything comes up not on snapchat though i leave that for the youngsters yeah <laughs> so we're here to celebrate black cinema and you had to go and pick one that is close to my heart, but also quite painful to watch uh, for Coloured Girls, a yes. Tyler Perry film. What made you pick for Coloured Girls? You know, I had um, a couple, about three or four different films. I think for storyline, um, the story itself was a very strong story. Um, for black women, um, their lives going in different directions, and the way how they entwined it. I do love, I do yeah. love me with a story. I like how they entwine, yeah, so, um, yeah. you know, one life with another. Quentin Tarantino, I think, done that in Pulp Fiction, yeah, where you know, entwine several um, characters' lives into one where they all meet at some point. Mm. So that was interesting how it played out. Um, 
just the story itself. It was a great, great film. It shows um, the struggles, not just black women, but women on the whole go yes. through. But it's nice to hear it from the voice yeah. or, or the perspective of uh, that female. Mm. That females, I don't think in general, on the whole, are seen as victims. See a vulnerable side um, and a truthful side. Yeah. It's just a great film. Yeah. I mean, the biggest shocker was the the the, um, the veteran. Oh, honestly, that's why I was like, it's so difficult to watch because every time I'm like, he's not. You know, I know yeah. what's going to happen, but yeah. I remember yeah. the first time I watched that and I was like, yeah. are you... I think I would have literally murdered someone in, yeah. in that moment, yeah. like... Yeah. And, 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 you know, um, the Janet Jackson storyline. I feel, we'll get onto that, but I just feel like they skirted over that a little bit too. Um, that's the only story that I feel... They did an in-depth. Yeah, because that's wild on so many levels. Like, that's yeah. just so wild. It wasn't just infidelity, infidelity, yeah. and you're gay, yeah. and then you yeah. get me HIV. It was like... Yeah. It was crazy. <laughs> it was like so much. It was crazy. All the characters were strong characters. The film had a strong storyline. Yes. Yeah. It was well acted. Mm. It was well directed. It yeah. was an all rounder. As I said, mm. I look for all rounder. And yeah, you do tear jerkers in it, mm. but there's also, you know, little sparks of humor. Yeah. Empathy, yeah. empathy love, etc. Mm. That's wrapped up. In yeah. all of that, and I, I just yeah, I salute the film. I really I, do. I think what I was impressed by is the fact that um, it was a guy, you know, that chose this film. Usually, I'd kind of expect one of the ladies to pick a film like this um, because there's such a direct connection. And so I was like, does he have sisters? Does he have like a strong female presence? And maybe that's why the film stood out to him. Maybe I didn't think of it like that. Um, yeah, my mum is like. That that was my life, my my center of my life, um, oh. which is uh, alive. So I don't see all the time just how we grew, mm. um, and her gentleness and and just shielding us from shit out there. You know, sometimes we didn't realize the world was as bad as it was because she managed to shield us. Not you know, you're not going anywhere kind of thing. But yes, don't need to harp on about everything bad in the world. Yes, so. Um, and I'll go with the big. I'll go with big sisters. I'm I'm the youngest out of my generation. My oh, sibling. okay, right. Um, so I was always taught back in the day you were gentle with women. Mm. You tried to treat. That don't mean that I've never done a woman wrong. Like, that looked like. You know, <laughs> I mean, that, <laughs> no, I was about to say 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 it for the people at the back. That's what I was about to say. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, or maybe that, I never thought about it like that. That's good. You're analyzing. <laughs> this girl's analyzing. <laughs> no, it's, it's because it's so female heavy, and the, there's only one decent guy in there, to be fair, and that's um, Kelly's husband, the, the police officer. Yeah, that's correct. Them are like, just, you know, so it was nice for you to see past that and just see the stories and the experiences that are being shared. And I was yeah. actually thinking, like, I need to put, like, a 10 must-watch for black men movies because I think this is one of them. Like, I think we, as women, just assume that 
certain people know our experiences and understand I've got brothers and even they are sometimes a little bit oblivious to things. And I'm just like, you've got sisters. we talk to you as much as we can, like just kind of to educate them in the female experience, especially the black human experience. You lot do, you talk to us, but you lot don't get straight to the point. So after a while, we veer off. It's like kids. You ever know a kid want money to go to the shop, but they're in front of you and they're whining on about this and that, how pretty you. And you think, what do you want? Okay. <laughs> you know, Let's get to the point. Get to the point, man. Okay. You take two hours, what could be said in like 10 minutes. You lot avoid, avoid each other. If you lot are going for your... The monthly thing and the girl. Oh my god! Thing. No, I know. I mean, I live with woman. She ain't gonna answer. Then, I got, people. I've got sisters, and we actually don't. We don't. You avoid each other. No. None at all. No, not at all. Actually, I, I need that comfort. Actually, when, when it's the, I need all the love in the world. So. Are you the eldest one? No, I mean, I'm the ignored middle child. This is why needy. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's why it's right needy <laughs> don't want to be left out <laughs> after just analyzing me thanks for that um so. i deal with a lot of middle children i've got middle children as well so it's yeah. not our fault okay it's not our fault i'm just gonna defend us all right but um, i will take something positive you lot are triers maybe because of needness you lot you lot are the triers <laughs> The, the the middle one will, will try to succeed to prove Always. something. Yeah, I love it. So walk on. <laughs> <laughs> so going back to Fakado Girls, who did you watch it with the first time you watched it, or did you watch it alone? That's a good question. I watched it so much years ago. I might have watched it with relatives because I was a Tyler Perry fan from um Medea films right but then you graduate you realize oh is it like Spike Lee you know when Spike Lee first came out and started to make films that people yeah. did start to watch you know um yeah. different you know do the right thing Jungle Fever um Crooklyn even the Crooklyn mm-hmm. that we watched uh yeah. was more a musical thing but yeah he's a good director of it do you prefer him doing serious stuff like this or more the Medea the, the comedy stuff I don't mind. I think that you do what you're good at. And I think he's good at both. Because you got to remember, Medea, although it is more a comedy thing, there's a lot of serious um, storylines going in the film. Um, Diary of a Mad Black Woman. Yeah. That was, now that was a deep film. That was tough. Where the guy, where the guy, <laughs> threw, where the guy threw the girl the lady out of the house and moved the mm. other lady in. I mean, that scene alone was disgusting. Yeah. And, you know, the comedy side with her then getting the man back when, you know, he fell down on the wayside and yeah. needed her help and all that. And, like, them knowing that, like, you know, I remember she said to, the grandma said to her, you're whooping that boy's ass, ain't you? <laughs> When she was gay, she goes, how do you know? Because you remember, he done her so bad. He done her so bad. Mm. So, I mean, there's great storylines, even in the Medea. Yeah. Uh, Medea goes to jail mm. or whatever, you know. Um, he, so, often, he often talks about getting those stories from overhearing his mum talk to her friends or aunties and just being surrounded by women. He's, so he always feels like, 
he would pick up the comedy aspect, but the serious aspect of it as well, and then put that in his films, which is quite cute. <laughs> I think all of us do in, in, in all kind of, even in comedy, if you watch comedy sketch shows, there's a good sketch show on TV called Family Lamb. Oh, I um, love Family Lamb. They take um, the pee out of like the aunties and yes. that. And, you know, and that's stuff why I find it we... hilarious because that's my, those are my aunties. That's, that's what we see, you know. I think you I saw see? the one about the Tupperware recently. That kills it. That, I was like, this is so true. This is... It's true. When it <laughs> it's true. This is what we do. It's our cultural thing to <laughs> something home with us. Yeah, because also, you know, we're going to overcook. We're going to make too much yeah. because we don't want to yeah. be the people that didn't make enough for your guests. So there's yeah. this like... Yeah, there's unnecessary food. There. So, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So like you were saying earlier, what we love about For Coloured Girls is how it's nine female stories, not necessarily black stories. It's just about no. experience. Um, Anybody of any culture could be going through the same exactly. thing. Exactly. It's not, it's not race carried. Um, no. plot just carries itself. No. How did you feel like we spoke about obviously Janet Jackson's story and not kind of being, I think is the only one that isn't expanded on. How do you feel her performances as an actress? Do you think she should be doing more of that? I do. I like, you know, strange enough, when that genre of, or that, that decade or, mm. or era, I should say, I've used the wrong word, the era of, of uh, rappers and singers and that started to move into acting. It's like mm. when the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air first came out. Yeah. Um, this was like a, just a popular, young, happy rapper and they yeah. gave a TV series to Will Smith's one of the biggest movie stars in the world now. Yeah. And believable in these roles. Um, I think Janet's got the same. Yeah, you have to remember, a lot of them, they've been trained in more than one. They call it triple threat. So yeah. a lot of them can sing, dance and act. J-Lo done it. Mm. Um, and she's done it quite successfully as well. So mm. I think Janet's... Um, I think Janet's acting was passable. I don't know yeah. if you had a lot of critique, but I thought she played um, the part well. Yeah. She seems to have been brought up in like uh, uh, a household in turmoil herself. So, <laughs> I <laughs> mean, she's deep for some of that. Yeah, it's just uh, she's a performing arts kid, really. You know, she done poetic justice, which I love, and I just kind of wish she'd done a bit more, more of that. But she played that very um, mean dragon lady quite well. Yeah. Uh, she did. Yeah, um, I felt Tandy Newton was fantastic as well in her scatty, yes, drunkard. As I said, the, the cast itself, mm. that they were, that was a star-studded cast. Yeah, it was so nice. Wise, that was definitely a star-studded cast. Mm. And all of them showed up on the day. When yeah. they, you know, when they had to, to, to prove. I think that, as I said, I wouldn't offer, put that as one of my number one black films. Mm. I didn't think, you know, people expect, oh, you're 12 years old. Well, I want no film with no whipping me and all that. How am I going to, am I going to like that? So, yeah. <laughs> watch them. But yeah, after, I grew up when Roots first came out. I was born in 72. So by 77, 6, 7, 8, Roots was on national TV. Mm. So I'm nearly 
40 years later, I've, I've seen. You've seen them. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I think I think as a community, we're kind of uh, we're over it. We're past that. Yeah, we're like, so okay, what happened right, after? Tell us another story. If it's going to be centered around slavery, it needs to be something, needs before, to something else. Before, yeah, before. You, yeah. Look, you got the film The Purge. They bring out the other day the first Purge. Bring out what happened before Terminator. They show what happened before all that started. Yeah, so with us, not just start at roots. No, yeah, but that's the danger if you start telling people what they were before it, uh, you know. We know how it goes, my dad. You know, you know what I'm trying to say. Um, so obviously Tyler gets a little bit of stick for the Medeas and some of the films that he puts out. They do really great at the box office um, and people enjoy them and clearly people go and see them. Why do you think that is? And it's hard. I think also when it comes to black creators, there's no room for failure and there's like, oh, it has to be this. And it's like, no, why can't he just put out a gimmicky, silly film or TV series and someone just enjoy it? Because other people are allowed to do that in the mainstream. I think once you get a position in the, the, the spotlight, um, in a black community, then you're everything to everyone. Mm. I'm not a comedian now. I'm also a counsellor, a preacher, activist. <laughs> You've got to be everything to everyone. Yeah. And I think the danger a lot of people that are coming into the industry and our industry industry are doing is being led down a, that kind of path of people pleasing. Mm. And if you've got sensible parents at some point in your life, one of your parents will say, you can't please everyone. You can't be everyone's friend. Yeah. You know, you're younger and you and a good friend maybe had an argument 12, 13. You know, girls, you lot argue, friends, off friends. <laughs> and say, so don't worry. Don't worry about that. You can't be yeah. everyone's friend. So if mm. you're trying out there to please everyone, you will fail. Tyler Perry is successful enough. This is how I see business. My, even myself. I'm not, I try and please as much people as I can. But I, I'm realizing that you can't please everyone in life. So mm. my job is to collect as much people that enjoy what I do that I can make a living off. Yeah. Tyler Perry's clearly done that. Yeah. You can't please everyone. You make a film, you should have done this. Why didn't you do a story about that? Why are you wearing a dress? Why are you... This, do people go out and watch his films? He mm. wouldn't become a billionaire. Yeah, exactly. By I... no one buying his products. So you've got a way up all the time. It's like any salesman how much product you sold to how much product you didn't sell. Um, and it's quite funny now because he's being hailed as this like leader for opening up his own studio, which for me, honestly, I think it was a monumental moment in my life and yeah. how yeah. he did it, where he did it, all of that. And, and the ceremony was just beautiful. And yeah. so now it's kind of like, everyone's like, oh, I see now the Medeas led to this. And so sometimes it's like, he could see the bigger picture and what he was leading towards and he just kind of had to be tunnel vision and keep going because otherwise, like you said, if you listen to people and if you listen to people and was like, oh, no one's going to like it or I'm not making this uh, side of the community happy, then I need to stop. We would not have a Tyler Perry Studios um, and people right. go to him to make movies. What do you think this means in terms of progress in Hollywood for us? It means that you got a stronger hold because you now do not have to rely on people to make 
the production for you. Mm. When you got your own, I mean, he was making his own stuff anyway, but he needed studios to do it in. Because you still have to pay the studios if you're using their locations and. It's like anything in business, once it's self sufficient, you mm. go, ain't you? You don't mm. have to rely on, 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 on a supplier of any kind. You, yeah, you're good to go. And he's made himself in the film industry, self-sufficient. Thinking about Colour Girls, what scenes stood out to you? You see, I don't want to give away the film, unless I'm allowed well, we talk about that, it's well, fine. You, you, you know the scene, you know the scene which stood out to me. Um, okay. The scene that, yeah, that gripped everybody was the scene where the father, the veteran that came yes. back from the war and was having um, problems, mm. psychological problems, and was drinking and all that. Yeah. Um, and he resented the woman going out and trying to make something of herself. Mm. If you remember, she what was I, at work. She, yeah, what I loved about that in all of her heartbreak and torture is um, Felicia's character, Gilda, basically saying, what role did you play? Like, taking responsibility. And I was just like, that is the deepest thing to say to someone in this amount of pain, going through this amount of trauma, but yeah. also checking ourselves to be like this could have been you're here and you need to take some sort of ownership for yeah. what's happened i thought that was so hard but honest at the same time and it's like but that is that is our elder generation yeah i like that sometimes yeah, yeah. our elder generation give you the truth that's why we love them and some yeah, yeah, yeah. Them you how it is. all our friends around us don't think like what you think no we can't say that to her but no yeah, Older yeah. ones, our auntie will say, well, what what did you do? To be fair, I am that person. <laughs> I am that person. You are, you're the middle picnic. <laughs> <laughs> I am the one that will always be like, mm, but what did you do? <laughs> yeah, you know <laughs> we what I mean? get but in trouble, but you, it's you like, I wouldn't be helping you if I'm just blindly siding with you and you're not, like, that's not going to help you progress as a, as a human being, so. See, it's hard to watch, but you couldn't fault her for saying that to her. No, no, of course not. You see what I mean? It was also, hard. And also, once she said that to her, to. yeah, once yeah. she said that to her, she almost could, like, breathe and be like, she said it out aloud. It was obviously something yeah. that she was thinking about, but couldn't yeah. bring herself to say it. And by uh, Gilda saying it, it made her yeah, yeah it it released, released that that was a deep thing man there was so yeah. many there were so many scenes in that and i think like you said it was so elegantly put together like the intertwining of the different stories and the characters all the way up to the point in the hospital when you know the different stories collided together yeah yeah and it was like each story was so traumatic and heartbreaking but it wasn't like a competition it wasn't like whose life is the shittest no it, <laughs> like it was just like this is just another day this is what i'm going through this is my troubles but i'm just live i'm just going through my day like the um kind of the nurse aide uh juanita we need to the oh yes yeah yeah yeah. And so she put on this happy face and she's here trying to educate these women and, and make them smile and really positive person. But in her own life, you know, it's, it's, and it's yeah. it, 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 that's, you know, that is the beautiful thing because it, that happens in real life. Mm. I mean, if you remember Robin Williams, yeah. uh, 
rest in peace. I mean, he took his own life. Do you know what I mean? So it's to show you, you think, well, how can you be entertaining? But some people like that, you have to put on a face. You never know what's going on in somebody else's life sometimes. Exactly. No matter how much they're smiling. Mm. I think it's, it definitely encourages, like, one, don't judge a book by its cover, but also have conversations, you know. You don't know what someone else is going through, no matter how happy or all the good stuff they post on social media. <clears throat> Shout out to my young ones. Have um, they made life too, too busy? Yeah. You to have that interaction mm. or mm. notice that somebody's going through. Because now it appears if you don't put up on your social network, there's something wrong with you. People yes. <laughs> I'm actually tight on Instagram or something. Man, I'm feeling down as fuck. You know, I'm depressed. Mm. Before you get um, any kind of attention. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I'm part of the old school. I like to call people and just check yeah. out, have a conversation. I'd rather do that than send like 100 text messages. I just find that really jarring. But yeah, yeah that's, <laughs> that's me. So where do you rank for Colored Girls in Tyler Perry's filmography? Good question. So you can't beat a good idea, man. <laughs> Even like a film called Meet the Browns. Okay, um, yeah. With Angela Bassett. Yeah, Queen. Bloody yeah, love yeah. That was, uh, again, another great film. It's really hard because that film, again, was great. You know, the, the storyline of the deadbeat dad that mm. you want to help, help out. And I'm not saying that's a narrative of all men. Mm. Uh, because as you know in the film you see people that was willing to take on her and her children and that yeah. so it's the good side of everything it would have to be the four coloured girls because okay. uh, I think the other ones got comedy and good storylines mm. and like, that was straight I think it's just the, the entwining of mm. the story it's so, it's so intelli intelligently put and um, cleverly done and you don't realise yeah. the time goes. And it, like when I was watching it, I never felt like, oh, I need this film to like hurry up. No. It was really, I was really engrossed and I was like, oh God, I prepared myself this time with yeah. tissues. Um, <laughs> and what was coming in each, in each uh, story, like the one with Whoopi and Tandy when they have their fight. That scene is so beautiful and heartbreaking <coughs> all at the same time. Yeah, um, yeah. But what you were saying earlier, I like. I also like Daddy's Little Girls with Idris Elba. I haven't seen that yet. It was it was nice because it was like the dad actually, the mum's the, the deadbeat, and he's it's trying dad. to yeah look after his daughters and he loves them. And it's got Gabrielle Union in it as well. Um, yeah, I, I think those two are probably one of my my two favourites of Tyler Perry. Yeah. yeah, I actually watched the film on Netflix couple of days ago called uh, mm. old boy oh okay yes that is a good good storyline with a the, twist. the remake because there's there's two there's the original this the, one has what's the guy's josh name? brolin there you go yeah that's the remake. Charles Bronson, you know did <laughs> 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 you imagine yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah yeah that that is it and that that's a spike lee Directly. Yeah, and that's that's a Spike Lee, one of the, yeah, I know. Great, great twist. Yeah. Crazy. That was it, a crazy twist, but yeah, great. It was not until the end you start saying no. Yeah. I might have to watch that again, actually. Yeah. yeah. 
Great little twist in there. Do you like that? So for anyone who hasn't watched Colour Girls and if you were to show them one scene uh, from the film, what part would you direct them to? It'd have to be that part, but I'd cut it at a certain point. But it'd have to be the dad on the phone. You just don't expect. You don't expect. Yeah. Looking in from the outside, you can clearly see where this is heading and you just like, you know, get out. Yeah, but you wouldn't think it would end in that. that no, it of course. It's it heading good. somewhere bad, but it's not. You wouldn't yeah. think the worst, which is yeah. the worst. I ain't um, gonna lie. I was upset in the film for at least 15 minutes after. <laughs> I sobbed like a baby last night. I was sobbing like a baby last night when I watched it again. I just couldn't. I was just like crying so much. Um, I think aside from that scene, I'll probably direct people to Yasmin's monologue after when she's in hospital and she's been raped. Yes. She does this really intense, amazing monologue. And, um, it basically questions like just because you know everything the situation and she's been asked all these like ridiculous questions just because it was in her house so they yeah. wanted it and yeah um i just think it really hits the nail on the head with um consent the vulnerability yeah. of being a woman and you know just just taking someone's word like this is what happened i don't have to you know explain myself explain myself to such detail for you to fully understand the violation that she just occurred but i thought yeah. she was just brilliant um yeah yeah really. it's a top film as i said there's nothing i can't fault none of the acting sometimes people act and you think mm, this and mm, but yeah. that yeah yeah who was your favorite if you had to pick one performance janet jackson and her husband great scene where they had to speak, talk, obviously. You see, this is the thing. If you notice, I keep going back to that because I'm a dad. Maybe that's what it is. Yeah, and yes. Do you see what I mean? So uh, although I I love to watch the film and empathise with the ladies on what you go through. Because for me it was the, 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 yes, of course, that scene is traumatic, but that rape scene with looking at the time, yeah, and the way it happened and yeah. the build up, and you can kind of yeah. see his whole action change. Yeah, I actually just just talking about it now give, brings me so much anxiety. It was just like so brilliantly done, um, yeah. and it's like it, it counted it in real time. I think yeah. that's what's painful. So that minute yeah. felt like an hour while watching that, and it was just yeah. put you in the mindset of capturing her trauma in that moment, and then the realization of like, okay, let me just wait for this to be done and then the molestation through generations of whoopee yeah, yeah. and then the resentment and you know having sisters and there's a, a real turmoil relationship between mothers and daughters sometimes and there's this you know history that she was unaware of and that yeah. played a part in, in it yeah. and it was yeah so there was just all these different elements that you could see sister rivalry and obviously she was jealous because she hadn't yeah. been harmed in that oh, way yeah, yeah and so she kind right. of put her in harm's way to feel that pain that she was feeling oh i could go on i could there was just so many different um go watch the film people go and watch, <laughs> go watch for colored yards we could bang on about this for a good long while slim you have been amazing and it's been an absolute pleasure to speak to one of my one of my heroes 
it's been oh, awesome i'm just gonna wish you the absolute best i hope the rest of your 2020 is amazing likewise thank you um, very much for having me on the show rachel pick up the podcast watchers and listeners and all that you see i'm old i don't like to be watching <laughs> no we will put this on youtube as well so people will be able right, to right okay then <laughs> thanks Lim. thank you very much rachel